Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hi everybody, hi everybody, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch. Uh, it's just Robin Brady this week, and we promised we'd do They Might Be Giants. However, that movie is unavailable. Yeah, it's, it's hard to track down. I couldn't even buy it on Amazon and order it, you know? Oh, you can't even buy the thing? I can't. I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, wow, okay. And I couldn't download it, and I could yeah, it's just... Uh, that. Maybe we'll do it later, but it's going to take some while to track it down. Fair enough. Uh, so we did Dead Man, because our roommates wanted to watch Dead Man. Uh, so, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and do the plot synopsis, because Brady, Brady, how you feeling? Uh, I'm a little under the weather, I'm a little sick. You're not actually sick. I, I am sick. You're I just got, dehydrated, you're not drinking enough water. I got, uh, chills and a headache. That's what happens if you <laughs> get dehydrated. <laughs> nah. Okay, so we start with uh, William Blank, played by Johnny Depp on the train. Everybody's kind of looking at him funny. Uh, it keeps going in and out. Uh, we start to get the soundtrack coming in. It's kind of linked with the train. So we hear, like, the Neil Young solo electric guitar linked uh, with the little train moving, and then it just stops whenever it cuts back to William Blake. So anyway, it goes on the train. and um, Where's that train going? I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's on the train, and uh, um, the West is hell, according to Crispin Glover, who's on the train with him, and says a bunch of stuff. Uh, they travel all the way through the West, which uh, appears to already have been conquered for the most part, and he is going on the train to Machine, which is the end of the line. And uh, he's supposed to have a job there as an accountant, blah, 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 blah. But uh, he gets there and then uh, talks to John Hurt. John Hurt says, dude, you're supposed to be here like three months ago. No, you can't have... No, we got a guy. And then he says, I want to talk to Mr. Dixon, who's played by uh, Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum. Yeah. And uh, Robert Mitchum points a gun at him and says, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so uh, then he goes to the town. He gets a drink. Um, he gets a small bottle because he doesn't have any money. He has barely, barely enough money to buy a small bottle. And uh, then he meets this woman who fell down in the mud and uh, he walks her to her place. They theoretically have relations, but we don't see it uh, for sure. And uh, then her old boyfriend, Charlie Dickinson, uh, which is um, Mr. Dickinson's son, comes uh, in, finds them in bed, tries to shoot William Blake. She sticks herself in front. Uh, the bullet goes straight through her, clean through, kills her, and wounds William Blake. Uh, so William flees. And he's found by this uh, Native American guy named uh, Nobody who tries to take out the bullet, but he says he can't. It's too close to the heart. Uh, then we cut to uh, back to Mr. Dixon, who's hired three bounty hunters to uh, avenge the death of his, um, of his son. And uh, then other stuff happens. Uh, nobody is still helping William Blake, and then nobody actually thinks that he is the poet William Blake. Uh, he takes... This, this isn't where he takes peyote. Okay, I'll cross that part off. Um, and then William Blake becomes well enough to kind of keep traveling and keep running from the law. Um, da, 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 da. Um, we then see a scene where nobody explains like 
why he's not part of his tribe. He's gone back and forth across the country a few times, seen all the atrocious things that were being done. We also went to England. Oh, okay. I thought the Great Ocean was the United States, but okay. He went to England, uh, told him of things there, and they're like, dude, you lie. And he goes like, no, I'm not lying. And then like he's kind of ostracized from his community. Um, uh, then we see scenes in the Bounty Hunters tracking uh, William Blake, and it just kind of cuts back and forth to show us that, yes, they are following them. Uh, William Blake comes across Iggy Pop and some other dude. Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, it's Billy Bob? Billy Bob. And then I don't know who the British guy is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess there's three of them, huh? Yeah, there's three of there's them. There's two at first, and then there's three eventually. <laughs> and Iggy Pop is kind of this weird mother figure. He's got a bonnet on, and he reads them dark Bible passages. Yeah. Makes so anyway, anyway, they're going to rape him, um, and they're arguing over who gets to rape him, and then so Iggy Pop, I think, or is it the British guy? Oh, uh, Somebody shoots somebody in the foot, and then that guy's like, well, I guess I'm pissed now, I'm going to have to kill you, William Blake, but then nobody comes out of the woods and like slits the dude's throat, and uh, then William Blake kills the other two people. I think this is around the time when uh, nobody says to him, uh, your pen will be replaced with your weapon, and you will write your poetry in blood. Um, so anyway, then, um, I seem to have skipped a page here. Uh, da 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 But, uh, this is not the right next thing. This is not the right page here. This is not the right page here. This should be over here. Okay, um, uh, then they wander some more. They discover some wanted posters. Um, there are marshals after them. William Blake ends up shooting two marshals because now there's more people after him. Um, then we get a scene with the bounty hunters, the original bounty hunters. There's still three of them. Black guy's gonna, like, he sees the wanted posters too and he gets super upset and he's like, fuck, no, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere and there's just gonna be somebody else who's gonna get him and there's a whole worthless fucking trip. And so he's going to drink some water, and then uh, Cole, the most badass man in black of the whole thing, played by Brady, what was his name? Uh, Lance Henriksen. Okay. And I, up until about five minutes ago, just thought that was David Carradine. Um, anyway, uh, black guy gets upset, is going to drink the water. Carradine says, no. He says, fuck you, man. And then Carradine says, fuck me. Shoots him in the head. Fuck you. And then, uh, yeah, then we cut back to William Blake and nobody. Um, nobody's, uh, smoking peyote. He sees death in William Blake's. He paints his face, and then he leaves him. Then, uh, the two bounty hunters, uh, two, oh yeah, two more marshals find him, then he shoots them. Okay, I already, sorry, that was out of order, but whatever, I talked about that. Um, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Then, uh, Cole shoots, uh, the remaining of the original three bounty hunters and eats him. Yeah, very. that one's very verbose, and so he just finally wants some peace and quiet, and he figures he can get a meal out of it as well. Yeah, and so then Blake uh, comes across two bodies. Uh, wait, no, sorry. Uh, Carradine, wait, no, Blake comes across two bodies. Uh, we don't really know who killed them. Uh, Carradine also uh, gets off his horse in the next scene, and then he gets shot by an arrow. And then uh, he fires the shot off into the distance, and he wounds a deer. The following scene, Blake finds the deer, paints himself with his blood, and lies beside it. Blake then finds nobody and a woman having sex in the woods. Then they, like, get back together and start doing the buddy cop thing, riding on horses again. Carradine's on the trail. Uh, they go to a trading post. Blake tries to buy ammunition. 
which is no problem for the uh, uh, very religious shopkeeper whose uh, ammunition has been blushed by, blessed by the Archbishop of Detroit. Uh, but nobody can't buy tobacco because he's a heathen and he's horrible. Um, dude asks for Blake's autograph when he figures out who he is. Blake stabs him in the hand with the pen, thus making his pen all bloody. And then he shoots him with his gun, which is symbolic. Anyway, um, then... Oh, and uh, the shopkeep, played by the ever-reliable Alfred Molina. Oh, is that who that was? Also, Doc Ock to you multiplex attenders. Okay. Um, then... Uh, basically, he says, God damn, you're sold to the fires of hell. And then William Blake says he already has, shoots him repeatedly. Then, basically, we have a lot going back and forth of Native American ritual scenes as nobody takes him to a Native American village where they perform, like, funeral rites and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he gets um, put out to sea as he's in his funeral pyre being sent off to uh, the land of the people who no longer care about this earth. Uh, he sees Carradine shoot nobody, and nobody shoot Carradine, and they both fall to the ground, presumably dead. End of movie. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, that took ten minutes. Damn, I thought I was on a roll with getting it done quickly. Oh, well. I think I cut out most of the fat by writing all my stuff down beforehand. Oh, we're going to come back with third segment. Hey, 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 how do we like it? Right? Hey, 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 how do we like it? Hey, Brady, how did you like this movie? Uh, you know, I liked this movie uh, a great deal. I think I owe it a rewatch, uh, but for now, I think I'd give it a B plus, A minus. I think it's got some really beautiful, interesting imagery, and I, I like its idea of, you know, looking at this nastier, more violent side of the Western. I, I think it explores that well, and uh, yeah, it's... it's it's funny and dark, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like this movie. I I um basically periodically forget this movie, or like I have a habit of forgetting this movie, and then somebody brings it up, and I go like, oh, that's a great movie, and then somebody else we're with is like, what 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 is this dead man you speak of? And I'll be like, it's about a dead man. And they're like, really? I'm like, no, well, yeah, kind of. But uh, we'll get to what it's about later. Um, no, it's just really heartfelt. I think um, Jerry Farmer is... No, not Jerry Farmer. Gary, Gary. Farmer. Um, Gary Farmer is pretty like amazing and awesome. And uh, Johnny Depp's good as well. Uh, There's just like a, a crazy ensemble cast of people who are basically almost unrecognizable to me. Maybe because I'm not very good at telling people's faces apart. But um, I think it's just mostly because of the way it's shot and like uh, old sort of style and everybody's pretty grimy and um, I don't know. It's just like a really visceral movie that has this great, mot- it has several great motifs just about, you know, the music has all these motifs that uh, are very expressionate, I guess, as far as uh, what the feel of the event is. And I, I don't know. It's just a, it's an A minus movie to me, which is high praise for me. Um, I think it's one of Jim Jarmusch's best, or probably the best of his that I've seen. And so, uh, yeah, A minus. Cool. So now we got to move on to that other segment, which is like, what the hell about? I swear to God, I'm gonna make a sting for that. Like Brady and I are recording early today. Maybe we'll record stings together. 
Mm, uh -huh. Like a little guitar thing where it's like, hey, oh, what's this movie all about in the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, so what is this movie about? Um, uh, God, this feels like deja vu. It feels like I've done this for this movie. I know, me too. <sighs> Fuck recording software. Um... <laughs> this this movie's about I, I feel like the idea that the West has already been conquered and that um uh basically when he's entering he's on the train and um you know there's there's the part where they all start shooting out the window with the buffalo. Oh yeah, I'm not stealing your thing. I mentioned this last time, right? Oh you it's not my thing, it's uh, Jarmouche's. Alright, yeah, yeah. But they're all shooting out uh the window. Um there's the mention of the poison blankets. Um, just the idea that this, you know, like, and especially through uh, the nobody character, uh, how they he keeps, you know, talking about all the atrocities he saw when he was heading back across the country and this and that. Um, and even the uh, linking, uh, I think, in the opening scene when we see uh, the railroad machine, that's the only time we get soundtrack. Otherwise, it's just kind of silent. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's just kind of the idea that, uh, the West has already been conquered and anybody heading into this hellscape of, uh, the, what the white man has created is already dead. It's already going to be, uh, tainted. Like Johnny Depp is, I think, dead from the get go. There's the opening caption, which says it's preferable not to travel. It's preferable to not travel with a dead man. And, uh. Then we go straight to Johnny Face's face, who's looking kind of green and kind of innocent. He's got his, uh, he's got his glasses on. He's got his clown suit on. He's clean shaven, and he's looking at all these guys who are just kind of staring at him, like, "What the fuck are you doing, boy?" <laughs> and there's the Crispin Glover, Glover character. And yeah, it's basically just, and and you know, just throughout the movie, he gets he he gets tainted. His his pen of poetry. Um, turns into a gun of, of killing, etc. Indeed. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm with you. I think it's this idea of looking at the Western from a, an unromanticized perspective and seeing that the entire institution of what we think of the American West is rotten to its core, which, and I think this is what's mostly to Jarmusch's credit for me, I, I don't see anything particularly new at least this far into our history. I mean, I, you know... I don't think there's any... There's a movie like this, though. No, no. Well, that, here, let me get to this. I don't think there's anything new in the message of, you know, the West being a violent and rotten place, uh, you know, and what we did to the Native Americans. And so, in the wrong hands, a message that... Or a movie that just uh, says, you know, the old American West, you think of it as John Wayne and romantic, but guess what? It was fucked up and completely rotten to its core. I don't think that would have been necessarily as good if Jarmusch weren't so effective at making this visceral and telling his story in brutal kind of imagistic ways. And so, yeah, like what you say, that that scene with the buffalo where all these men in the train just have their rifles out the window and there's just a deafening roar of gunfire and Crispin Glover is struggling to be heard over it and he's telling Johnny Depp, you know, the government had these people kill a million buffalo in the last year alone. I think I think Jarmusch gets it interesting ways to make this stuff 
visceral rather than just what could have been in the wrong hands a self-satisfied history lesson yeah it's interesting about this this film too it's it's really like lately i've really finally come around on the western genre like growing up i didn't much like it because i was like oh they're all black and white and i don't know what's going on and my dad won't really tell me and i go like that's the sheriff he's the good guy right my dad's like not exactly you know, I didn't know what was going on with the Westerns when I was a kid. I didn't understand the concept of lawlessness, you know, because I was like six or seven. And I'd be like, can we watch cartoons <laughs> or whatever? And um, and so I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth for Westerns for a long time. But lately, this rewatching this, uh, which I really liked when I first saw it, especially since it's very uncharacteristic of a Western. I, like I said, it's a, almost like a post-Western. It's after... The West has been conquered and, you know, just kind of showing the effect of the conquering of the West. But then that and uh, this video game I played, which is the latest in the Call of Juarez series. Uh, okay. The Gunslingers one. I know I showed it to you and Grandy a couple weeks back when we were pre-podcast. But I mean, like uh, that and, and Django Unchained, if that, just the three of those. And then even re-watching uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which actually, despite my uh, bitter taste for... Um, Westerns has always been one of my favorites since I saw it. But, um, yeah, I think I'll have to go through, like, the whole Sir Giuliani spaghetti Western stuff. Because I've seen it, but, you know, I kind of wrote it off because I was like, eh, I don't remember fucking Westerns. I don't remember. Ooh, yeah. I all, love me some Leone. Yeah. I know, like, all the shots are really good and everything, but I was just, I just had this, like, stick up my ass about Westerns, you know? And um, I think I'm turning the corner on it finally. Um Although I can't get there yet. I can't do it yet. I, I need to focus on the noir aesthetic until I get my movie at least written and somewhat the feel of it partially down for shooting. Yeah. But anyway, back to back to what this is all about. Uh, we had... I, I feel like I had a little bit more to say. Um, well... I guess we can go do our uh, understudy and then come back and do specific scenes, maybe, because I think we we touched on the over overall themes of what this is about, but not the specifics of how it sets that up. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Oh, we'll be back after the understudy. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies, and to be honest... They're probably more famous anyway, so try to guess the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. This game called Understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. Take the ringer, I'll drive. The what? The ringer, the ringer, dude. Have they called yet? What the hell is this? Oh, my dirty undies. Laundry, dude, the whites. Uh, mm. w- Walter, I'm sure there's a reason you brought your dirty undies. That's right, dude. The white, the ringers can't look empty. Walter, what the fuck are you thinking? Well, you're right, dude. I got to thinking. I got to thinking, why should we settle for a measly fucking 20 grand? We... What the fuck, we? You said you just wanted to come along. My point, dude, is why should we settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million? Am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. This isn't a fucking game, Walter. It is a fucking game. You said you saw yourself. Dude, she kidnapped herself. Yeah, but no. Phone rings. Uh, dude here. Who is this? Uh, dude... 
uh, the bagman, where do you want us to go? Us. And yeah. Um, you know, me and the driver, I'm not handling the money and driving the car and talking on the phone all by my fucking... Shut the fuck up. Hello? Uh, yeah? Okay, listen. Dude, are you fucking this up? Who is that? The driver, man, I, I told you. Click, dial tone. Oh, sh Walter, sh shit. What the fuck is going on there? The Walter, they hung up. They hung up, Walter. Y you fucked it up. You fucked it up. Where life was in our hands. Easy, Wal dude. We're, uh, we're, we're screwed now. We, uh, no, no. No, we don't get shit, and they're gonna f fucking kill her. We're Walter. We're fucked, dude, Walter. Nothing is fucked. Come on, you're being very undude. They'll call back. Look, she kidnapped her. The phone chirps. You see, nothing is fucked up here, dude. Nothing is fucked. These guys are fucking amateurs. Shut up, Walter. Don't fucking say peep while I'm doing business okay, on the dude, phone. Okay, have it your way. But they're amateurs. Mm. Dude here. Okay, we proceed. But only if there's no funny stuff. Yeah. So no funny stuff, okay? Hey, just tell me where the fuck you want me to go. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Uh, we're back from that episode of Understudy. Uh, Brady feels like a cock smeared with shit today. Really? Oh, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> I mean, he just feels like shit. Smeared with a cock today. <laughs> uh, so... Have a biscuit. It'll help. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, what scenes would you like to talk about? Mm. How about... Um, mm. A little biscuit. Mm -hmm. Lemon biscuits. Well, how about... Um, well, let's talk about the... Uh, kind of just the callback to... The general uh, knowledge of uh, the racism and uh, evil tricks that the white man played on the on the thing. So okay. we, there's at least three of those, right? There's the them shooting the buffalo because we can kill the buffalo because they subsist off the buffalo, right? Right. There's the they won't sell nobody. Uh, that's not in proper English. Nobody is a person's name in this movie. If you haven't been listening, a God Native damn, American character. Yeah, goddamn Mrs. Uh, Who's one of my early English teachers? Mrs. Hall, if you're listening, and you weren't listening to the first half of the podcast, nobody is a character, but they won't sell nobody tobacco. It's not an improper English. It's a proper noun. Um, what's another time when they make it so that... Um, well, that same guy offers him a blanket. Oh, yeah, that's right. He offers him a blanket. And just before that, they were talking about how the blankets were poisoned with smallpox and tuberculosis, right? Mm hmm Why don't they just wash it in a washing machine? I don't understand. Um, well, well, they don't have washing machines. Why don't they just wash it in the equivalent of a washing machine? I don't know. Like, yeah, I'll take that thing 
and then I'll immediately put it in searing acid bath. I mean, would just being around it, would that, like, expose you? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Well, could you make, just request that they wrap it in plastic? Yeah. <laughs> could you could you wrap that up to go, that blanket? Cool, thanks. That'd be helpful. Um, so there's that, and there's that, and uh, uh, when, uh, not Carradine, the, the Cole character, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the character's name is Cole. When he gets shot in the leg, he goes, you goddamn engine! Um, so that was kind of racist. Um, so yeah, there's all these things that have already happened. They're not, well, I guess they're kind of currently happening, but I mean, they've already lost their effectiveness because the person who, uh, we know as nobody already knows about them and already knows they're going on. So thus he's almost immune to them because he knows not to get a blanket and he knows, you know, that they're not going to give him tobacco and blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like they're... The shopkeeper put on some errors, right? He was like, he was all like, uh, I don't have any tobacco. Aren't those tobacco tins right there? I don't know why that's my nobody impression. <laughs> um, and it, not, those those tins are empty. Yeah, they're empty. And then um, William Blake asked for them, and he goes like, well, I have some in my special supply because you're such a good friend of mine. Guy I've never met before. Right, but you're white, and you've got blood on your face from deers and other things which doesn't seem to set me off until i went oh you're william blake can i have your autograph okay and then so he stabs him in the hand with a pen i want to talk about that too because the pen goes through his hand onto the table which mirrors back to the line that nobody said earlier which uh i have written down here i, I, I could probably do it from memory i think it says um uh, you know, oh, your pistol will replace your pen, and your poetry will be written in blood. But it's uh, your weapon. It's not your pistol. I wrote it down wrong. And uh, also, the William Blake line that they keep quoting is "Summer born to endless night," right? Which right. kind of calls back uh, upon that theme that we were talking about. And there's that pop again. God damn it! I need a pop filter for this mic. Um, calls back uh, upon that theme. That <laughs> hold on one second. I'm going to put a fur condom over my uh, mic here. That's better. That'll get the pops. Yeah, that'll stop the pops from happening. Um, computer's still recording, right? Yes, yes, yes. Because the computer stopped recording when we did our first, you know, our second 10 minutes, and uh, Brady's real tired. Like I said, he feels like a cock smeared with shit. So, um. <laughs> yes. Anyway, what was I saying? Before the pop. oh, so so the we your weapon will replace your uh, pen, and you right. will write your words uh, in blood. Right, and then I also said, um, "Summer born to endless night." Which, oh, that's right. Yeah. Which which kind of calls back upon the theme of oh yeah you're right right um, uh, William Blake was doomed from the start. Like as soon as he headed out there, he was doomed. It, probably as soon as he received that letter. Um, there's a discussion with Chrisman Glover, and he goes, like, do you have a, a wife back there? And he goes, like, no. He's like, a fiancé. Well, I did, but she changed her mind. Oh, she found another fella. Uh, actually, no, she didn't. Um, and he's like, yeah, she did. And he's like, no. And then that's kind of the end of the conversation because they start shooting out the window at that point. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. God damn it. Um, and to me, that was almost like, you know, he died. 
Like when when I see that scene again at the beginning after having seen the end. Oh, 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 Crispin Glover also says, um, he does this whole thing where he talks about uh you'll 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 be staring at the the landscape of the sky and the landscape will be moving but the boat you're in will be staying still. Right. In the first scene. And that's what happens in the last scene when um uh William Blake is on the funeral boat. Boat. But we've got the fixed camera on the mast of the boat looking at him. So basically the the uh everything else is just moving but the boat is staying perfectly still. Which is also like it's a play on on um you know kind of the black and white, the shades and gray, uh which this movie shot in black and white again. And um kind of just the idea of perception. You know. We perceive the West as this thing that we have won, but really it's something that the Native Americans have lost. Mm, that's interesting. And then going back to that Blake line, the summer born to sweet delight, summer born to endless night, that to me is like... Is it summer? Some are. Yeah, okay. Um, that's kind of like a poetic uh, expression of Wednesday's child to me, right? Like where you've got the... the Different people, like if you're born on this day... You were born on Tuesday, right? I'm a Wednesday's child. Oh, Wednesday's child is, is full of woe. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that is a character type. For as much as Depp is now famous for playing the swagger of Jack Sparrow, a guy who pretty much everything goes right for, he's really good at playing these set-upon types. And so Depp, to me, is kind of an ideal Set-upon or put-upon? Put-upon, set-upon. I mean, if you're set-upon, set that, that means like you're an excellent chair. All right, yeah, put a, put upon. If you're put upon, that just means you're really good at, uh, you know, getting your. That just means everything you do is like, oh god, everybody's making me do this shit. Yeah, the world's just raining shit down on you. Yeah, so put upon. It's like this. It's like uh, it's like you, the audience, is putting this podcast upon me. Like, if if I don't do it, I get like thousands of angry emails. Some of them spam. Actually, most of them spam. Actually, practically all of them spam. Yeah, but that Nigerian prince was furious. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, but yeah, the Crispin. Gl- what, what did you think about like? Because we did a recap of the film because we watched it last week, and then uh, so when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, they just basically describing the last scene where like he's on the boat and the cameras fixed the boat and blah blah blah. Yeah, no, I definitely think he is. I don't know what to make of it in terms of significance. But uh, it's it's there, and uh, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you think. Well, like I said, I, I felt like it uh, it's a play on perception, right? You can either look at the sky and believe that the sky is moving and the uh, the boat is standing still, or uh, or that the land 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 as in I'm doing air quotes because he says the land, but he means the water, the landscape of the ocean, um, is uh, shifting b- below you, or or that the boat stands still, and that the uh, Wait, how does that work? And then everything around you is moving? Is moving, yeah. That's what it was. And that that's what he says is happening when he's predicting uh, William Blake's future. So is that um, an attempt to explain the movie's perspective of adjusting what we think of the West and seeing it from a, a perspective of those who were victimized? Yeah, that's what I said. I said, you know, it's a perspective instead of the, the West being one. By the white man, it's the it's the uh, West being lost by the Native Americans. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I, mean, I think I I can get with that. So there's that scene. Um, 
uh, nobody leaves William Blake several times, and I was wondering what that was all about. Like, I know one of the times he leaves him, it's because it's uh, after his his death, right? Or well, after he sees death on him when he's taking the peyote. Right. And we get that double projection of, like, the skull over his face, and he goes, oh, he's already dead. Oh, that's too bad for that man. He is all... okay. That's uh, that sounds kind of like an Omaha person, but it's much closer to the <laughs> Gary <laughs> Farmer than. Uh... I gotta go have some peyote sex. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta go have uh, the peyote. Yeah, go have the peyote. Oh yeah, and then the sex with the woman who's gonna be really pissed when. Uh... Oh yeah, that guy comes up here and just fucks up my fucking session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, so he leaves him then. Is that just because he's like, I have to go on my journey. I'm going to be dripping for three days. Well, yeah, I mean, he is going on a spiritual quest. Or is it because he went like, dude, you got death on you. I'm getting the fuck away from you. <laughs> well, I don't know, because then he comes back and he he still knows Blake is dying, but he's he takes him to his final preparations and puts him on the boat. Right. But I, I think I think part of it was like, I have to go on my own quest, and so do you. You have to own this thing where you're either going to shoot to kill or you're going to get shot by all the people who are after you. Yeah, it's true. That is when Depp's character becomes like fully self-actualized. Right. And and he says, uh, what does he say right before he shoots the guy in the head? Is that when he just reiterates the line, Summer Born to Endless Night? Bam. Oh, yeah. but But before the first time he shoots the first guy... He asks, uh, have you heard of my poetry? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, And then he shoots them both. Well, He shoots one of them, and then the uh, the first guy, while falling, whips his rifle around and shoots his friend. Oh. <laughs> By accident? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Or was it like serendipity, I, or is it like, you know, somehow he's blessed? It's definitely serendipitous. I, 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 thought, it w- I thought it was Blake went boom, and then went <laughs> boom, and then whatnot. I thought the rifle sw- swinging around was maybe what wounded the deer. No, no, that's. Or is that is that the Cole's... guy shoots his friend on an accident? I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I also like that um, aspect of this film, where we, you know we have these old rifles, and like, <laughs> like it's weird. Like when the three when he runs across the three guys, one of whom is Iggy Pop, one of whom is um, who did you say? Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Um, I also find it really uh, odd. Um, in most westerns, you just see people like fanning the hammer and just like getting all six shots off, like a like a modern day shoot 'em up, where right. you never run out of ammo and all that kind of shit. But I mean, like, I really like this idea of you know, you shoot, you miss, then you're like recocking it and reloading it real quick, and then like the other person's doing the same. It's like who can do that first? Where in reality, if you're standing 10 feet away and you shoot and miss, wouldn't you just run up and hit him with the butt of your rifle? <laughs> like, it's yeah. almost like it's almost like nobody wants to come into actual contact with um, with each other. Like, nobody ever... I don't think anybody even punches each other in this. It's always... No matter how close range it is, everybody has to act through the weapons. Yeah. I mean, at least nobody, when he uh, slits... Right, really yeah. Throat, ...comes up and gets him from behind. Right. That's true. But, I mean, that was kind of like... But nobody is not one of these corrupted white Western characters. Right, no, he doesn't have any agency in the in this... Well, he has agency in the story, but he doesn't have any agency in this world, in this land, because yeah. it's been conquered. And so, like, only by being silent and, you know, like, 
also the fact that he's got the knife here and that Billy Bob Thornton's in, th- in front of him. He's shielded by his victim at that point in time. Yeah. And then, like, William Blake is able to shoot them both because he's got a pistol that's a you know six-shooter and he can pull the, pull the hammer back and do it again, as opposed to um, Iggy Pop. He's in there fucking struggling with the rifle, like, you know. Well, actually, wait, but nobody kills Iggy Pop because that, that scene kind of made me laugh when I first saw it because he's looking oh, wait, yeah, at the yeah. rifle and then he... He kind of talks to it and it fires. Like he's not exactly sure how to work the thing. Oh yeah, and then he picks it up and he's like, "Oh, that's a pretty pretty cool gun." But then he tosses it to yeah. William Blake. Yeah, you know, knife is still his weapon of choice. I, you know, I think actually, I think we've looked at this before, or I have, like in a film class or something. And I think he actually pulls the trigger with the guy's hand. I might be wrong on that. Huh, but I think I vaguely recall having this conversation when I watched this movie in film class. And, like, you know, because he shoots, he, he doesn't take the gun away from him. Like, he's holding Billy Bob Thornton like this, you know, and then the gun goes off and shoots the other guy. Right. Like, he doesn't, like, push the guy down on the ground, grab his gun, and go, boom, right? Yeah. And also, yeah. the other time he tries to use the weapon is uh, with C- the Cole character at the end, where Cole misses, and then... Uh, no, Cole hits him and, and wings him, basically, and then, then he uses the rifle to shoot Cole. So that's almost kind of like... I don't know what that would be. Like, he's able to act through a weapon at that point in time in order to end the saga of the man in black coming after who is then the man in white, because they put a white uh, feather dress over him, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It- yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't... I mean, I had thoughts on that when I first watched it, and now I'm trying to remember what I thought. I mean, because he's going to a place of death now. Like, as you said, he's going to a new shore, a new west. Yeah, I look at it as, like, the western shore that uh, that uh, Led Zeppelin sings about. Which well, actually, is, I guess it would be an that's eastern a, shore. That's a reference to Middle Earth, but... He's going back to the east. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but, you know, in that moment of death, I guess both... No, no, no. Both I think the western salvi- shore is the shore that's often in the further west, even though that would be the eastern shore of the other country. Right. But, but I mean, like when J.R. Tolkien refers to it in, in Lord of the Rings, which is what they're singing about, by the way, an immigrant song. Oh, my God, we'll be the western show. Right? Why didn't Neil Young try to pull that song off for their soundtrack? <laughs> But, like, when I first saw that, I wasn't sure if it was, like, in that moment, both, like, good and evil, as we've come to know them, nobody being good, and the man in black being evil, they both kind of fall away. Neither of them matter to Depp's story anymore. Right, because he's no longer concerned with this world, as spoken just just before that. Yeah. but And he's also, like, just too weak to act at this point, like... Uh, like I think it's very telling that he gets shot like almost in the first what like fifth the fifth scene or sixth scene in the movie yeah and and uh, nobody is unable to take the bullet out so I mean he's again he's already dead like he's yeah. dying the entire time and any you know I see you have collected some more white man's metal <laughs> that's a good line you seem to be yeah I seem to be a magnet for it. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> white men's metal. Stupid fucking white man. And there's also that kind of sense of it. It's just like, you guys created these guns and you've basically like destroyed this country like through your 
through the metal that comes out of both the metal that comes out of them and the metal that makes up them and, and basically gives agency. And your machinery. And yeah. And it's all metal. And also the, he's going to, uh, engine. Or machine. Machine. Sorry. Yeah. That's the name of the town, which is classified as hell by Crispin Glover's character, Crispin Glover's character at the beginning. And also, um, let me see. Uh, he, the place he's going to go work at is a metalworks place. Um, he's thrown out by Dixon because he pulls a gun on him. <laughs> if I was in that town, I'd fully expect to walk into an apothecary and just have Trent Reznor ask me if he can help me. <laughs> Hello, can I help you get closer <laughs> to how you want to feel? I don't know. What, how would Trent Reznor sound? My sister would know, know better because she actually... he just sounds like a normal dude. I mean, my sister actually talks to him on the phone occasionally, or used to way back in the day, but... Wow. Well, because she would call and have him try and do plugs because she's marketing for musical shit. And be like, hey, uh, can you give us a good quote for these plugins? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Uh, I'll call you when I get to Switzerland because where I am right now is the land of n- no... Body. Nobody. The land of nobody. That's where that's where nobody should go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh why don't we go do our um uh, uh Metacritic. Uh Metacritic? Are we playing the Metacritic game? Uh you you mean the Metacritical uh yeah, we, either that or um, we go to a classic round of what was then called the MDB game we've now called Plotlines. Oh. Because we have both. That's right, we do have both. Um, I think I think maybe we'll do Metacritical on Rank It this week instead of Soundtracks because there's only you and me. Okay, that okay. sounds good. So yeah, we'll go do our, uh, our um, classic version of Plotlines, then called the IMDB game. And uh, never before heard, by the way. It's not a, fl- it's not a rerun. It's uh, just never before aired. So we'll go ahead and do that, and we'll be back with our closeout after this. Young punk Otto becomes a repo man after helping steal a car and stumbles into Rob. a world. Yeah, repo man. From 1984. I don't know that one. It's uh, it's. I couldn't believe you Harry picked something that had the title. If it has <laughs> no. the title of the movie in it, you should bleep that out. I know that's what I was gonna ask you guys, but then I just wanted to see how it would go. So never mind. With Rob going re- yelling Repo Man and me going, that's not fair. <laughs> that's that was my test part too. I'm still new at being a game show host. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Let's really just let's just call that not a. If, if not the a title thing. is in it, bleep that out. Okay. Well, no, well, don't bleep it out. But I mean, because I I'll, just, don't I'll, take just, try, I'll just try and pick better just ones. Just don't do this. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, all right. A husband and wife team play detective, but not in the Rob. traditional... Yeah? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, nope. Uh, in a traditional sense. Instead, the happy duo helps others solve their existential issues, the kind that keep you up at night, wondering what it all means. Tess, they might be giants. 
Nope. Bad guess. <laughs> Brady, the ref. No, it's I Heart Huckabees. Yes! Oh my god, oh. you right. got it. But I got it, but I already rang in and got it wrong. Oh, but you can uh, ring in again. No, you can't ring in again. Really? That's the whole problem. Yeah, you oh. can't. Well, too bad. We should actually... I tried to get um, it off the bat, I'm like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, no. We should no. watch They Might Be Giants because it's about a guy who thinks he's Sherlock Holmes. All right, really? so we all have yes. zero. Great. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right. Um, while trying to secure a one million donation for his museum, a befuddled paleontologist is pursued by a flight in off. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Nope. <laughs> Rob. Flight, yeah? Night at the museum. Nope. A flighty and often irritating heiress and her pet leopard baby. Tess, bringing up baby. You got it. <laughs> from oh, from 19... Nope, 1938. From 1938. Oh, it's so good, Brady. I know, it's such I a good movie. It. Okay, I gotta... Give me a second to pick up another one, okay? Pick out another Who's one. Who's winning? <laughs> uh, Brady's winning. Yeah. With one point. Mm-mm. I don't have any points. Because he, only, he only won the Tess practice round. Points. Oh, Tess you got just it. got it. I point. got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. You got one and I got one, I So think. Tess is up with bringing up... Uh, one point for bringing up baby. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. It's okay. We'll um, cut out the gaps. Yeah. I'll, I'll like heavily easy. edit this easy and peasy. just turn it into like a. Yeah. Turn it into. I'll, I'll get like some sound hey, effects hey, that go like. Hey, dunk, hey, turn dunk, it into. Wait, dunk, wait, dunk, don't tell dunk, me. Dunk, <laughs> dunk, dunk. No, this is a great game. This is actually I, really fun. <laughs> I wish I hadn't ripped it off a, a Adam Carolla show, but yeah. Okay. Oh, this is the best. The alumni cast of a cult space TV show have to play their roles Brady. as the real. F- yes. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Oh. From 1999. I was, I was yeah. like, my own name was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Quest. If I could just Brady. push a buzzer and yell it, I'd have been so on the ball. Br- Brady, no. <laughs> Brady has two points. Everybody else has none. No, I have one. Tesla's oh, one. Brady has one. Tesla. We all have one. Uh, I, I think Rob doesn't have one. I, I think I think Maddie needs to be the official score teller backer. Somebody give me a. I'll use my computer. She's <laughs> <laughs> like none of you are. Yeah, doing Penny, this shit. use your computer. Do everything. Because uh, Mr. Gadgets, gadgets don't work right. I just don't have a piece Where's of brain? paper. Where's brain? <laughs> Pips all running around in brain circles and brain. out what there. Brain and brain. What is brain? Okay, so Tess has one point. The dog's name was Brain. In what? In. Inspector Gadget. Oh right, she had a she had a cool MacBook. She had a cool MacBook and a dog that had a collar with like some kind of communication in it. Even though all he could do was bark. <laughs> okay, so wait, so everybody has one or just Tess and Brady? Just Tess and Brady. Okay. Wait, didn't you get one? No. No, it's a test because I oh. have the same the title of it in the thing, oh. which I thought oh, was right. good on me because I wouldn't have guessed it. Oh uh, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. The first one, I should have saved the first one for later. That was a good one. Okay. Um, a man tries to rise in his company by letting its executives use his apartment for Brady. Tests. Yeah. The apartment. Yeah. One of my favorite movies about that. From 1960. Wow, Brady, good job. I thought it might be, but you've seen it and I haven't. <laughs> so now the scores are. The way I do this is I just look up an actress or an actor I like and then like pick their movie, but just like a mainstream actor. 
Okay. Um, but I want to pick them from all over time. She's well, got I just do that once, and then I pick a different actor or actress and spread everyone out. Yeah. Brady will always own everyone. Bobby. Okay. After inadvertently wreaking havoc on the elf community due to his un- ungainly size. Uh, elf. Uh, uh, I was about to say my name. <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie. And I, was I knew what it was, too. I knew what it was. Brady's, Brady's that asshole in Jeopardy who's just got, like, real fast on the buzzer. I was going to say Everyone Elf or Smurf. I was pushing my buzzer. Why didn't it buzz? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And I keep accidentally picking ones that have the title in the in the description. But only Elf kinda. is a little more vague than yeah, it is. Brady has three. Tess has right? one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But still. Uh, I don't know what else to do. Um, I would be so good at making movies neither of these assholes understood or knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good at that. That's why, you gotta pick, that's why we gotta pick it sooner. We gotta undercut Brady. Brady just like waits Brady for the first knows sentence and knows it. Them, yeah. I don't go till I know. Yeah, we need to go before we know so that we can beat Brady. Oh. A small but growing Texas town filled with strange and musical characters celebrates this sesquicentennial and converge on a local parade and talent show. Rob. Yes. Groundhog Day. No. No. Oh dear. No. That's in Bunksa Tony. Um, Brady, Paris, yeah. Texas. No. Let one me read time. it. Let me read it one more time. It's hard to say. A small but growing Texas town, filled with strange and musical characters, celebrates its, se- its sesquin- sesquicentennial and converge on a local parade and talent show. Sorry, I can't say that word very well. I'm kind of stuffed up. Ooh. It's a really. It's one of my favorite movies. Hey, wait, no, you can't give it. <laughs> it's not helping any of us. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it can't help us anymore. It can only help you. Texas Town, it's a musical. Theoretically. I think you got about ten seconds. Yeah, it's time to... Either can, I know it or can I give Tess another hint? No. 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 Uh, the Music Man. No. <laughs> we have to ring in first. Okay, you guys, I'm going to read it again, and you all have one more chance to ring in. No, no, we're okay. doing another movie. Well, what, what is it, though? True Stories. Oh! I don't know that one. I'm sorry. Oh, my God! It's my favorite movie. Oh I totally have God. made you watch it. Who directed it? Oh. Uh, David Byrne. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes! Oh, my fucking <laughs> God, no. From Talking Heads, My, my David brother Byrne would murder me right now for not getting that. It's such a good movie. I love that movie. Okay. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. 
That was a good one, though. That was tricky. It's tricky to rock around to rock around that clock. Tr- 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 tricky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember when I was trying to describe to you um, fucking rock-a-doodle? <laughs> uh, it, it was me. You were... <laughs> I was trying to describe to you I was like, what is it about? And you're like, well, <laughs> this owl casts an evil spell. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the sun won't rise... Oh, basically, they have to save Rockadoodle. That was my description. Was they have to save Rockadoodle? And there's and no character named Rockadoodle in that isn't movie. Even his name is Chanticleer. Oh, right. Oh, that movie is so bad. It's terrible. I don't know if there's any Don Bluth that I really consider. Great. Secret of Nim is so good. I don't even think Secret of Nim I is great. I think it's actually really good. Oh, yeah. That's His true. characters are so morphy. Why all, are they so morphy? All Dogs Go to Heaven All Dogs okay. Go to Heaven is the weird... We just recently rewatched it not that long ago, and, like, it is the most nightmare fuel. Like, this dog, like, has, like, a half-human upper torso and then, like, dog lower body and just walks around yeah. on his hind legs. It's, like, terrifying. Because it's from, uh, like, it's basically a creature out of Dante's Inferno, man. And then, and then um, like... Fucking, uh, what's his name? What's the actor, dude? <laughs> what is his fucking Burt name? Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is just like ad libbing half the time, and he's just like, oh wow. Uh, they're they're brokering, <laughs> brokering <laughs> the, <laughs> the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like that's his whole shit is just like making up really weird lines that only make sense to him, like. Oh, well, you have excellent rhythm for a whippet. <laughs> or, like, you have excellent oh, that's rhythm. That's, a, good that's unusual for a whippet. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I was double-crossed by a dirty rat. Actually, that rat was a dog, but his car ran me down. I just blew out of jail. I just got back to town. Hey, this is hard to explain. Can I speak to your superior? Because I don't want to die. Welcome to doing whatever you wish. Okay, I have another one. All right. Um, a renowned New York playwright is enticed to California to write for the movies and discovers the hellish truth of Hollywood. Uh, Brady. Yeah. Barton Fink. Yeah. Got it from 1991. How many wow. does that give Brady? Three. That's four. Is it four? Yeah, that's four. Brady wins. Aw. Damn it. God dang it. Of course Brady wins. I haven't seen it. Next the, time. If we bust out the <laughs> cartoons, I'm a winner. Ah. I should have done some cartoons. <laughs> That's why they call it caterwauling. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. And we're back uh, to figure out what we're doing at the end here. Um, I think we kind of already decided next week. But uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say on Dead Man? Anything you can think of? Uh, no, I, I think I've covered it. <laughs> you sounded like a dying Christopher Lloyd there. You just kind of uh, crooked. No. Uh, no. Good oh, movie. Do, do you fucking know that they're trying to do, release this year, uh, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2? Yeah, I, Which I heard pisses that. me off to, like, all believe, like... I think Andrew Tess's brother was all like, no, it's a hoax. They're not actually going to do that. But, you know, there's some 
entry on IMDb. There's a bunch of little interviews about it. Well, is Zemeckis attached to it? No. I don't think they'd ever do it without Zemeckis. I think they're going to do it and fuck it up. I, I don't even want them to do it even if Zemeckis is attached to it. Because I mean, yeah, like, me neither. is it like, okay, now somebody else is going to frame Roger Rabbit again? <laughs> Be like, well, he didn't do it the first time. He was, and we proved that he's a peaceful rabbit and uh, foiled Judge Doom's plan. Uh, but this time he actually did it. This time, <laughs> yeah. And he's on the run again and he goes straight to Eddie Valiant, but then uh, Eddie Valiant says we, he hasn't seen him and we believe him yet again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then Eddie Valiant's this happy-go-lucky detective, and Roger Rabbit's like, Look, you fucker! I'm in <laughs> deep with the law! You need to stop being so frivolous! <laughs> Please, Manny, stop being so fucking frivolous! <laughs> but I actually did a pretty good... Let's do a bump of coke off Dumbo's trunk! <laughs> Uh-huh. That sounds like a good idea, uh, Roger. Uh, you so think that's a what do you think a mouse could uh, possibly partake in that book of sugar? Please! Okay, so next oh. week we're watching <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2. <laughs> oh, Roger, would you rather just do cocaine off my breasts like in Wolf of Wall Street? I mean, I met them once too, but I just... Oh, what? Shake my booger sugar for you anytime, Roger. <laughs> you too, Mickey. Uh-huh. That sounds like great. That okay, I'll stop. <laughs> no, no. This is a good pod. Good pod. <laughs> Actually, those are pretty good impressions, uh, I think. Yeah. 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 Pretty good uh, Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. <laughs> so then, so what are, what are we doing next week? Oh, we're doing... um um. Fucking, we're gonna watch the Iceman, the Michael Shannon movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's predetermined. Yeah, because uh, we don't have anybody to argue with except for each other. Mm-hmm. But Brady just doesn't have him in him. I mean, he feels like a dong covered in poo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just feels bad. And he just needs to drink water. But at least I got him drinking tea. Yeah, thank you. And eating lemon matty lines. Hmm. So please do a bump of this powdered sugar off these Maddie lines. I mean a line <laughs> of powdered sugar off the Maddie lines. <laughs> uh, is that all we gotta do now? Then that's, like, we that's fucking it. finish our podcast. All right, Brady, give <laughs> give us one uh, something like uh, give us a standalone <laughs> cartoon voice <laughs> comment for the road. <laughs> A voice comment and a cartoon voice. Let's see. Let me hear you, you Porky Pig or your Yosemite Sam or your Elmer Fudd or your... Meep, meep. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to try some of this, Roadrunner? Meep, meep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired. Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob <laughs>